are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Take your Bible and turn to the book of Judges with me. And we'll read some verses. And Pastor spoke just a few minutes ago about the importance of the church. And this afternoon, I, I thought so much about that very subject. And I'd like to speak to you tonight on the strength of the New Testament church. If there was ever a time we need the church, the nation needs the church. The people need the church. The church needs the people is right now in this hour. If there was ever an hour in which the church needs to be strong in the nation... It's right now the church needs to be strong. I believe with all of my heart the hope of the nation is not in the White House, but in God's house. Because this is the only place that I know that's really trying to get a hold of God. And God is the only one I know that can really make the difference in this nation. So we got to be strong in this hour. We got to get a hold of God. Because I said, we preachers, and I preached the preachers, I said, we preachers need to lead our people. Hey, we got to get so right that we know that God's going to hear us when we, when we knock on the door. Because the politicians up there are not knocking on the door. They're hiding behind the doors. Well, I won't say any more about that. But. In the book of Judges, We'll read there in the 16th chapter of the book of Judges about a man by the name of Samson. And we're familiar with him if you've been to church at any time. And you're familiar with his story of success and failure. And how his failure came about. Samson was the great champion for God. In that day, he was Israel's champion, the people of God's champion in that day. The enemy didn't know what to do with him. They couldn't withstand his stand for the, for the right thing for the people of Israel. And so they finally decided that they would take this approach that they would use a woman and through her maybe she could find out wherein his great strength did lie. Such strength that had already been so exhibited in such gigantic ways. And at this time the Philistines sought to find out wherein his strength was. So in Judges 16 and verse 4, it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Zorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came up unto her and said unto her, Entice him and see wherein his great strength 
lieth. What is in him, what is there about him that makes him so strong? And by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee every one of us 1,100 pieces of silver. And Delilah said to Samson, tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest, mightest be bound to afflict thee. And I won't go through all of it, the times that he was laying or lying in the lap of Delilah and how he was lying from time to time about the strong cords or the green widths or whatever until finally the scripture says that he told her the secret while lying in the lap of Delilah. Her enemies sought how to defeat her, him. When I look back at this story in the Old Testament, and I read about Israel and how much Samson meant to Israel and the people of God and the testimony of God and the success and the victories that they needed and had gained through him, I see a likeness in the New Testament era. I believe with all of my heart that today... God's champion is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that we are the champion that God looks to. It's the church. His church. And as Samson's enemies were always about trying to find wherein lies the strength, his strength. Satan is busy about working at and weakening the strength of God's champion today. And as I look at Samson and as I look at the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm asking the question, wherein lies the strength of God's champion the church today. Where does our strength lie to defeat our enemies? I put these things down this afternoon. I believe that our strength, the strength that the champion that we're supposed to be for him is seen and can be found in the attitude of our worship. The attitude of our worship is a strength to the New Testament church. The church is strong when her faithfulness to the house is strong. Faithfulness to the house of God speaks of the attitude of my heart and your heart towards God, that I want to go and I want to be there because he's promised to be there 
he has told me I need to be there and not forsake being there. And so I know there's something special and of need for me there. I know with all of my heart and believe with all of my heart that faithfulness to the house of God speaks of the attitude of our heart. Lose your love for the house of God. And I believe that you've lost some love for the God of the house. Strength comes out of worship. Where we come and sit down at the table that's spread before us. And there we can feast on the things that God has prepared us for us. Feast on the things that will build us up and make us strong. Make us desirous. Make us ready to get up and stay up and finish up. Boy, when you go to the house of God, there the table is spread and you'll find that in that house, gladness is spread in that house. A gladness and a joy and a happiness that I need because I've been out in the world and fighting the battles and, and uh, meeting the things that I have to meet in life in the world. But boy, when I go to the house, I, I find the table is spread and I, I feed there. And I find there's some gladness there and there's some joy there and some happiness there. And I've already been fed and I've already been made happy tonight just through the music and through the singing tonight. You need to take your family to the house of God and hear the music that's sung with joy and with gladness. I'm telling you, I came in tonight early enough to bring something and I came in just about the time the choir was finishing that choir song. And man, I'm telling you, son, it just took, stirred me up already. In every, all the music that was sung tonight and the special sung and then this when you sang, boy, you was helping me. I, you was helping me. And it was making me glad and happy in my soul to be in the house of God. And when you can go in the house of God and when music doesn't do something for you, I'm telling you, honey, some of your fish are not swimming. All the cars in your train's not coupled real tight. Hey, you don't have a full string of fish. Boy, I'm telling you, come into the house of God, you get some strength and some joy and some courage to get up and go back out to this old world and, and reach this world for Jesus Christ and handle the battles. Hey, when I come to the house of God and be regular and faithful, it strengthens me and helps me. I enjoy and get blessings and encouragement out of the fellowship that I get among the people of God. I find when I come here that God has answered your prayer. And that helps me to know God's still answering prayer. I have a God. I, somebody tells me about a blessing that had. I said, thank God he's still in, in the blessing business. I want to get in on some of it. When you go to the house of God. You have the opportunity and faithfulness to the house of God. You get an opportunity and a joy to see God at work. Boy, isn't it good to see God at work? 
when he's working in the heart of a child and he gets saved and heart of a man and a wife and heart in a, in a family and some gets right with God and you get to see God at work. Faithless to the house of God. Here's where our strength lies. Lose that love and you lose some burden and some caring that we ought to have. When I come to the house of God, especially a house like this house, it makes me want to be more caring when I leave here. It makes me want to carry a burden when I leave here. It helps me to be able to bear my burdens by being here. I'm here to tell you faithful worship will keep you and your family strong and help you keep you growing and keep you enjoying the things of God. And when I got saved and a man led me to Jesus Christ in the railroad yards, I thanked God for that. And I got my wife and she got saved and I got my children in the house of God and they got saved and got my grandchildren in the house of God and those that are old enough, they got saved. Hey, the house of God is good for you. Be faithful. There's a blessing you'll miss if you don't come up. There's something you'll need to have. Hey, when I got saved, my dogs didn't hunt anymore on Sunday. My boat wouldn't go to the lake. My golf clubs couldn't go and wouldn't go to the golf course. Something new had happened in my life. Something was bigger on Sunday in my life than my golf clubs or the boat. The house of God became bigger in my life when I got saved than anything else. The fellowship that I could have with you and the songs that would keep me alive and, and happy in my soul. Hey, it became bigger in my life than anything else. I say, first of all, wherein does the strength of the New Testament church lie? It lies in our faithfulness to worship God. It is seen also in the attention given the word of God. As well as our attending and faithfulness to the word of God. Our strength comes in the attention we give the word of God. When I got saved in the railroad yards and I went home and told my wife, about it, and I knew right away, I just, I just knew right away, if you go to church, they take Bibles. And I didn't realize that, I guess months, maybe a year or two earlier, one of those door-to-door -door salesmen came by. He was selling fly swatters, he was blankets, sheets, everything else. And I said, I got that. He said, I got that. And I said, I got some of that. He said, well, do you have a Bible in your house? I said, no, I don't have a Bible. He said, you don't have a Bible? I said, no, sir, I don't have a Bible. I wasn't a Christian. What would I do with the Bible? He said, you need a Bible in your house. I said, I do. He said, you need one. 
So I bought a Bible. I bought a Bible and put it in a box and I went and just put it up in the top of the closet. And when I got saved, I got thought about that time when that salesman come by. I said, I got a Bible. And I went back up over the hand and I pulled out and I had bought a Bible. I said, praise God, I'm going to church. I got a Bible. And I got my Bible down. I'm serious. I bought one just like that. I got that Bible. I took it to church. And I sit down and I begin to look at these other fellas and they had them little things. Said they don't even have enough Bible. I looked at them and I said, man, mine's got pictures in it. Mine's got all kind of pictures in it. And they got that little old thing that can't have much in it. Man, I could sit down in the pew and the guy on the right and the guy on the left could read out of it with me. But I had a Bible. I found out later that they did have all the thing in it. They just didn't have pictures and maps and all that like my, like my Bible did. But I found through the years, whether in a smaller one or a larger one, as long as all of it is in there, it helped me along the way. It helped me in so many different ways. I found through the reading and the hearing through all of these years now that it has helped me. It has helped my family. It has helped my children. It has helped my grandchildren and they helping their children, which are my great-grandchildren of one of which I spoke of on the last time that I was here. It, it, it's the book. In it, I find it was there that, that, I, that I could have success if I give attention to the Word of God. It would help me to make me Stronger for when I read in the book of Joshua, in chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, and then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. My strength comes, the champion, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is strong, stronger when she gives attention to the precious word of God. It makes you have success. It makes one wise unto salvation according to 2 Timothy 3.15. It approves me in 2 Timothy 2.15, a workman not to be ashamed. When I read it, I find uh, it's like honey to my sour soul when I need it. It's like sweetness to my heart and my life when I get bitter in life. Boy, it just helps me along the way. It corrects me when I'm wrong. 
It encourages me to keep right on going. It gives me the assurance of what's ahead for me. It tells me that I got someone going with me every step of the way. It tells me that he never leave me and never forsake me. Hey, I want to keep on giving attention to the word of God. Get your book out. Be sure you got enough book. Feed on the book. If you keep the book out of your life, your life can't be as what it ought to be for God. Let us say, with the people that cried out to Ezra, when they're with Nehemiah and trying to build a temple and reconstruct the walls and let us say with the people as they said to Ezra when they had to reconstruct things and build things back again that were torn down. They cried to Ezra and the people said in verse 8, chapter 8 and verse 1 of Nehemiah, and all the people gathered themselves together as one man in the street that was before the water gate. They sped, spoke, spake unto Ezra the scribe, bring the book of the law of Moses. And verse 3 in the Bible says, and he read therein. And it says they were attentive unto the book of the law. Let us cry again, people. As they cried out to Ezra, bring out the book. Bring the book. Hey, man, I need a blessing today. Bring the book out. Hey, my soul's drying up. Bring the book out. I need some help for the trouble I'm in. Hey, bring the book out. You ought to be glad you're in a place and in a church where they bring the book out. They bring the right book out. They bring the whole book out. Don't bring a partial book. Bring the whole book when you bring it out. I want to know everything that's in it. I, I want to know everything I can about it. Bring the book out. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is strong. When we give attention to the word of God. To the book of God. Just read it. Just sit at it. Just listen to it. And thank God for it. Don't try to change it because you can't. Really, you can't change the book. You can make another one, but you can't change it. God has preserved it. He said, I'll preserve it. Well, yeah, there are other books out there, but I got a full one. You can't change it. You, you can't change it. You can make another one, but you can't change it. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. You ought to be glad you're in a place where they just bring out the whole book. Boy, you got a trouble. You got a care. You need a blessing. You need an uplifting. You feel like you've been pulled all the way down and never get up again. Hey, 
Come on. Preacher will bring out the book. You'll get help when you go back. Amen. Amen. Many a child of God is weak, unlearned, and unprepared for life and for the life and the challenges and the battles because we don't give attention to the Word of God. You need your Bible. Bring your Bible when you come to church. Turn there when we go to turn there. Take it home and don't just leave it sitting there. Don't let it be an ornament. Let it be something you've got to get into. Let me hasten. Wherein does the strength of the New Testament church lie? Not only in the attention we give the word of God, but it is seen in the activity of soul winning. That's where our strength lies. That's the hope of our growth. That's where you get more workers and more prayers and more givers by soul winning. Right. Yes, sir. Go out and catch another fish with a coin in his mouth. Go out and catch another fish and you'll make him a soul winner. This was the main business of the first church. Their record is clear. When you read about it in the book of Acts, and when you study it in history, you'll find that they gave at great price, they gave their lives to winning souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. The main business of the church was winning people. Take your blessing and go share it with somebody. Take your knowledge of the word of God and the word of Christ and go share it with somebody. Don't store it up. You come to hear so you can go tell. Go tell someone. Winning people to Jesus Christ is our business. It's our main business. Yeah, I get the opportunity like this, but my main business is out there. Not only here, but out there. Preaching. I was down in Atlanta, oh, last year maybe, and walked into the motel, and the lady behind the desk there, I said, have you got a room for me? And she says, yes, sir, I got a room for you. I said, well, I'm here to do some preaching. That's why I'm here. I said, do you need a little preaching? She said, I, I probably do. I said, well, I'll probably give it to you. <laughs> what time do you get off? She told me, I said, before you leave, I'll meet you over here in the cafeteria and we'll do a little preaching. So she did. She just stayed and sit at the table in a letter to Jesus Christ. Amen. That's my main business. Amen. Preaching is a little sideline God's allowed me to do. Amen. I love preaching. If you don't get much out of it, I get a lot. I enjoy it. I just appreciate you putting up with it. Preaching some of the main business. Wherein lies the strength of the New Testament church? Not only seen in the activity of soul winning, but it's also seen in the attire of holiness. In your Bible, in the book of Jeremiah, I believe it is, 
Jeremiah in chapter 2 and verse 32. Can a maid forget her ornaments or a bride her attire? In the Old Testament, we find that Israel is called the wife of God. In the New Testament, the church is the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. That word attire means to dress, to array, to adorn with elegant or splendid garments. Since we are the bride of Christ, we ought to, into this world, have on outwardly and inwardly the attire of holiness unto the Lord. I'm a Christian. I don't mind telling the world that I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed to say that I'm saved. I know the Lord Jesus is my personal Savior. And outwardly, as far as what I wear, I want to try to adorn myself since I'm a part of the bride. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to be as eloquent, eloquent as I can for the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Just outwardly speaking, I think the way we adorn ourselves means something. I got, when I was small, and I didn't go to church, but they, I used to hear them say, those that were going to church, that we're going to wear today our Sunday go to meeting clothes. As if to say there was some special clothes that you wore to church. If you had them, your church clothes. I want to look the best I can like a Christian, if I say I'm a Christian. I believe inwardly, I believe outwardly, there ought to be some holiness and godliness about you. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Preaching on holiness, there's no denomination has a corner on it. The Baptist church ought to preach about holiness. We ought to be holy unto the Lord. Revelation chapter 19 and verse 7 and verse 8. And if you'll turn there with me to the book of the Revelation. We see that our strength lies in the attire of holiness unto the Lord. We are a bride. We are the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says one of these days... He's coming for his bride. He's going to, we're going to sit down with him at the marriage supper. With a bride and he who has loved us and chosen us and called us unto himself. One day we'll be caught up to meet him and sit down with him the Bible says in Revelation, 
19 and verse 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him for the marriage of the Lamb has come. And his wife hath made herself ready. I won't take time tonight, but may I say unto you that in a true sense of the word, we're making our own wedding garments as how we might appear the marriage supper of the Lamb. I know we'll be robed in white robes, but and to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Right blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. What a beautiful thing it is to see a beautiful wedding. And I've had any number in my own family besides many that I've conducted in these some 57 years of preaching the gospel. But when a, when a bride has the opportunity to make herself ready uh, amen. to meet the groom. Now the groom, he don't mean anything. Yeah. He just goes and stays in that corner until they get ready for it. And they'll tell him when to come out. But the bride has all kind of attendance. She's making herself ready. She wants the white because she's virtuous. Therefore, she can wear the white. She has chosen and worked hard at it and spent a lot of time on that wedding gown the veil because all eyes and there's going to be a special tune just played when she comes out and there'll be other music and other singing but there'll be a special note hit when she shows up when she comes out everybody gets up And everybody's eyes are turned. They're not looking, even looking at the guy coming out of the corner over here. <laughs> and I watched him. He just strolled in there just standing there. But now the notes hit. And here comes the bride. Adorned in great beauty. And everybody is watching. And she has made herself ready. For that is a beautiful sight. When they sit down and come together, she has made herself ready. And we as the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, hey, we ought to, we're making our way to that final hour when we'll stand with him. And that special note is going to sound for the calling, first of all. And then after meeting him and things are settled that we've done in the past, and at the end, we'll sit down with him at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I want to walk in holiness as much as I can unto the Lord. I, I, I want to walk like a bride. 
getting ready to meet the groom, and I'll leave you with this. Where does the strength of the church lie? It lies not only in that activity of soul winning, the attire of holiness and attention given the word and our attendance and faithfulness to the house of God, but it is seen last of all in the allegiance she gives to her Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. The strength of the church rests in the allegiance that we give to Jesus Christ. That word allegiance means the tie or obligation of a subject to one's ruler, loyalty and devotion. He should be, deserves to be number one in our life. Bigger than anybody, bigger than anything else. He that loveth father and mother more than me and worthy of me. He's number one. And our allegiance to him ought to be number one. He is not only my savior, but he's my sovereign. He's my king. He's the king of kings. And how strong is my devotion and my loyalty. The church is loyalty to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is he stronger than friends? Is he stronger than fame? Does he get more loyalty than fortune? Is our allegiance to fun more than to him? He ought to be number one. You ought to keep him number one in your life. And if you do, you'll love your wife in the right way. And it'll be a beautiful relationship. Loving him first and keeping him first and pledging allegiance to him. Hey, he knows how to take care of everything else in life if our allegiance to him, the church of the Lord Jesus, is right. We have to make some choices in life as to whether he is going to be number one all through life, there will be different times when we'll have to make that choice. Is he still going to be number one no matter what? Youborn Singh, I read of him some many, many years ago. He was a son of the Raja of India. He was heir to the throne of India. But he had been won to Christ by a missionary. And his father told him, and the council told him, you boy, you can't sit upon a throne in India as a Christian believer. You'll have to either give up your throne or the opportunity of a throne and a reign as a king or give up your Christianity. And you boy Singh said, I made my allegiance and I pledged my allegiance to another king. And he said, I will give up the throne before I will give up my testimony as a child of God.
your allegiance and mine to Jesus Christ. The church's allegiance to Jesus Christ in this present book, ladies and gentlemen, is being tested all along the way. And I'm here to say and sad to say that many churches along with many preachers have laid down in the lap of this old world who'd like to take away the strength of the New Testament church. But I want you to know if as long as I pastored, I was determined by the grace of God that I did not want to lay my church down in the lap of this world for its approval. I did not want to lay down in the lap of this old world for whatever it had to offer. I was not ready to change the way I worshiped. I was not ready to change the book. I was not ready to change my song. I was not ready to pledge my allegiance and stand my allegiance with the Lord Jesus Christ. I wanted him more than anything else. Satan would like you to lay in the lap of this old world and surrender your strength. But by the grace of God tonight, why don't you just say with you born sin, I've made pledge to my allegiance to the King of Kings. If it costs me my throne, if it costs me, cost me a fortune, if it costs me fame or fun, I've pledged my allegiance to Jesus Christ. Let that remain in any church and you'll find a church that's a strong champion for the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit KNVBC.com for Christian music you can trust.